0: We are back to Sunday mornings, everyone. Good morning and welcome to this week's episode of Baseball with the Bard, our tentative season finale. We will be doing more episodes in the future, but it will be much less weekly. It'll be time to time when there is important news that Noah and I choose to talk about. But for now, we would like to introduce two of our special guests from the Roll Call podcast. We've got Lucas Bulldog and Mr. Joe Aguirre. Hey, guys, how we doing? Good. Thank you, Tyler. How are you? Wonderful. Good, good. You guys want to tell us a little bit about your podcast?
1: Joe, care to share anything or should I go first?
2: <laughs> um, I'll go first. Uh, so it's funny. I started the Roll Call podcast uh, in uh, July of 2017 because I said to two these two dudes, I go, I think the Yankees have a special team here and I think they may... Go all the way. Uh, we did our first show. We sort of broke things down. And my bold prediction that day was that the Yankees would lose in seven games to the Houston Astros in the American League Championship Series. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, ever, ever since then, uh, we've just been trying to get that championship. Uh, Lucas joined us uh, this season. Uh, Lucas actually has just become the host of the Roll Call podcast. Uh, so it's me and Lucas and JJ. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we try to be – because I, one of the things Lucas and I – and I'm sure Noah can feel me on this. There are so many stupid Yankee fans out there that it makes you want to bang your head against the wall. <laughs> we start off our show, we talk about statistical information from the week. So that you have an under uh, an idea, like we talk about stats and analytics because it's important. It's not the whole story, but it's, it's a big part of the story. And so once we sort of understand what the Yankees have been like for that week, we break it down pitching, we break down hitters, figure out who's playing well, who's not, what the problems are, and then we'll criticize Aaron Boone for any mistakes <laughs> he's made. That's right. Uh, but that's to be expected. That's just yeah. how it goes. It's
0: always um, the manager's fault.
2: <laughs> but, you know, you know, we we already – we were talking off-season moves. You know, the Yankees aren't getting JT Ramalto. They're not getting Francisco Lindor. Shut up already. <laughs> you know, this isn't MLB 2018. Like, you're, you're not going to load up on All-Stars. I think the Yankees <laughs> have shown you that you do actually need some diversity in your lineup and in your hitting. They certainly do need a pitcher, whether that's a guy like Trevor Bauer or it's somebody internal remains to be seen. But that's the show that we do. Uh, Lucas, why don't you, why don't you jump in from there? Cause I love it too. If I do say something stupid and I, 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 I can say stupid things. I suggest no,
1: that you no, just no. get rid of Aaron
2: judge. Uh, and that's why I have people like Lucas around.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm mainly there to keep Joe kind of in check. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, that that the one of the good things about our show is, you know, we just don't sit there and agree with each other. We tend to have different opinions, and that that does lead to some arguments. I know Joe and JJ have gotten into it a few times. They can relate. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> you know, like Joe said, whether it's like the pitching, the hitting, anything like that, we always have something to talk about. There seemed this season to be a new problem with the Yankees week by week. So whether yeah, it was right? their bullpen, Gosh. their starting pitching, their hitting was slumping, something like that. There was always something to talk about. And then we'd get out there with our crazy analysis, like me and JJ think Gary Sanchez should go, but Joe thinks that we should, we should let him get one more season to prove himself.
0: Yeah, that's Let's dangerous just... around Joe.
1: <laughs> yeah, Joe's a big Gary Sanchez guy. Um, <laughs> me, not so much, but I guess I'll give him one more season. Joe's kind of convinced me.
2: <laughs> Before we move on. <laughs> Let me explain something. I was a catcher my entire life, growing up, right through high school. I had like a really different idea of, you know, what the job entails. I, I know firsthand everything that this guy's been going through. I understand the fact of the matter is he's had three different catching coaches in the last four seasons. And this, no, roll your <laughs> eyes, Tyler. It's not
0: easy, it's not
2: easy to do. It's not an easy thing to do. know. they told him last season, forget everything you know, this is how you're catching this year. Dude, that's a lot. Ask anybody on that team. Gary, because this is the other thing that pisses me off, when people say he's lazy.
0: Yeah, no, he's not lazy. Anybody
2: on that team, he is the hardest working guy on the team. He's the first one in, he's the last one out. He's the only guy, I mean, again, Dude, he got benched at the playoffs. What did he say when the media asked him about it? I'll be ready when they need me. That's what a yeah, team. A good that's what a team guy does. So sure. if they look, if if they want to take him out of the lineup a couple days a week and have somebody else catch for defensive purposes, great, do it. But dude, he's one of the greatest home run hitters in major league history. Only Ryan Howard's outpaced him through uh three hundred and, and, and forty games. So. Give me a break with that nonsense. You're gonna find a way to get this guy's he, bat in your lineup, whether he's the, the catcher, the right fielder, or you have a pitch like uh, like a uh, Shea Otani. You gotta get him in the lineup.
0: He may be a team guy, but that team is not the Yankees within the next two years. I'll because bet he, you. He, oh, I will bet you that stupid hat which I will then set
2: on fire.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Noah, he's betting you your stupid hat that he will (laughs) then set on fire. He's not talking to me. He is not
3: talking to me. I have said nothing. I came here to talk about the World Series, so I'm just (laughs) watching the show at this point. Joe,
0: we have a a two-year bet. In yes. two years, if if he is not on the Yankees, you can burn my Guardians hat. <laughs> Fine, and you. if he is, excuse me, it, I'm sorry. you saying he will be. If he yes. is on the Yankees, you may burn my hat, and we can do it live.
3: Have it be known that that was one of the first purchases, if not the first. That purchase was the that
0: was, first purchase that was made of an XFL stadium. Thank you very much.
3: That Tyler made. He was the first in line. We got there super early because we wanted to be the first people to buy merchandise. So if that ha- has to get lit on fire, it's going to mean something. And that reminds okay. me of a time that I was at Tyler's house and I had a Nick Swisher t-shirt on and Tyler's dad has a ranking for who his favorite friends are of Tyler's. And I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that my spot was number one, as it always should be in any category. So what I did was I burned my Nick Swisher shirt in their backyard. True yes, story. and it, it is on film. Tyler still has the video, and in fact, I send it
0: to him every year.
3: We should slap that on the baseball with the Bards Facebook page or something along those lines, so people can see that. Uh, but Tyler, every year on the day of, the memory pops up, and he sends me the video as a reminder. And I had the shirt for a while. I was going to frame it, but my mom made me throw it away because uh, something about <laughs> it being gross. I don't know, but that that I so we are used to burning uh, sports merchandise in the terms of bets and one upsmanships
0: The deal is on, Joe.
2: You've actually got me thinking about something, Lucas, that I'd like to maybe start doing on the roll call. Is we can take the the jersey of a pending free agent we definitely don't want back and set it on fire. That is a good idea. (laughs) Like, think about it. We could get a hap. (laughs) Tanaka <laughs> and a DJ and we'll, like, the one on we'll make a big thing and be like, which of these are we going to burn? You know it's going to oh, be well, half. Well,
0: hey, yeah, you know hey, it's yeah, going to well. be
2: half, but we'll really build up and <laughs> pretend it might be one of the other two guys. Yeah, that would be really cool. Oh, God. I
0: absolutely love that. But let's quickly roll into our COVID update. We don't like to linger too long on COVID, but this time around someone needs a little bit of a trouncing, and that is Mr. Justin Turner of the Dodgers. Now, I'm sure everyone has heard about this by now, but if not, I will give you a a short synopsis of what happened. So obviously, we all know the Dodgers won the World Series, but Justin Turner got a mid-game COVID positive test result and was asked, I believe, in the seventh inning to go quarantine himself. So he had to be away from everyone because his test came back positive. Uh, And then here he is, two innings later, out on the field, cheesing it up with the World Series trophy right next to him while sitting next to, who you can't see on his right side, Dave Roberts, who, uh, if you didn't know, just survived cancer. Uh, So yeah, next to an immunocompromised person. Uh, I, for one, am very livid about this. I can't believe that he hasn't already been uh, had some sort of uh, punishment put up against him. Uh, I know that He's excited. He's in a moment where his team finally won the World Series after all these chances they've had over the last five to six years. But I just think it's absolutely reprehensible, his actions on the field here. And uh, I I feel like you all know that if you've seen this show, that uh, I take COVID very, very seriously. Uh, and so I'm just... Bummed to see such an all star player, such a role model to some, so many young kids, just completely disregard the rules that MLB had put forth for him. Um, so I'd just like to get a quick, uh, you know, uh, opinion from you guys as to what you thought was going on. So, Lucas, could I just hear from you first? Yeah, sure. Um,
1: I was actually gonna ask to go first, so that's perfect. Um, oh, perfect. So, you know, you, you win a world series, you're obviously overcome with emotion. And, and any regular year, I would expect anyone to go out onto the field and celebrate you know, with their teammates, the guys they made it through the season with. Uh, but this season, it was different. It, it's COVID. You've got players out there. Obviously, you said Dave Robert, Roberts is a cancer survivor just recently as well. And so that's the, it was just a, ultimately an unprofessional move by Justin Turner, someone who I had thought to be one of the most professional men in the game up to that point. But it was a very irresponsible move by Justin Turner. It was also an irresponsible move by Major League Baseball and, you know, whatever security staff they had holding him in the back or in isolation. Yeah, They should have gotten him in a car and to the hotel to, you know, maybe he could have celebrated privately with his girlfriend that he had there on the field. It was just an overall bad look for the Dodgers, Justin Turner and Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, Noah, do you think this was a bad move by them? What do you like? What, what, what was what could else could Justin have done?
1: Uh, I
3: mean, I think it's pretty obvious what he could have done. He just needed to quarantine. I mean, that's it. If you get a positive covid test, you don't want to be near anybody, whether they're immunocompromised or not. Uh, so him coming back out on the field, it was honestly reckless in a sense. It wasn't one of the things that you can look at and say, oh, you know, whatever. Or he was hanging out with the team for the entire game. So he was already exposed to so many people. It's just one of those things where it's pretty obvious what you need to do. You got to just get away from everybody. And it sucks. It sucks for everyone. This season or this year wasn't ideal for anybody, especially people playing baseball. No fans in the stands. Your World Series is at minimum capacity. Uh, you can't sit with your friends in the dugout. They're all sitting in the crowds and stuff to separate from each other. Like no one's having an ideal time. So it's honestly reckless to say, oh, the series, we're done here. So let's just right. go out here and hang out, even though we have a positive test on the field.
0: Yeah, and Joe, I know you have been very safe with your family as it pertains to COVID. Um, what do you think something wh- what do you think MLB could do with Justin Turner as some sort of punishment? What do you think a good response would be, Joe?
2: Uh, he should definitely suffer some sort of suspension at the start of next season. Uh, you know, 5 games for stupidity, and that's exactly how they should announce it it's a shame because you know we spent a lot of time talking about the week of and how great a job baseball had done because people were following the rules and doing what they were supposed to and apparently the rules don't apply to Justin Turner and I think the only way that you know because we're going to be dealing with this next year as well I think we all we all have a, an understanding of that and I think because of that uh I think it's important that major league baseball, uh, levies a punishment. And I think that team should be fined uh, in addition for the stupidity in allowing him onto the field where he was making out with his girlfriend, who also I'm going to guarantee has COVID. He also was hugging other players and their wives. You mentioned the Dave Roberts thing. I mean, Justin Turner's like an A1 ass because of what he did. Sorry, bro. Go home. No, I agree. Quarantine's I not agree. two innings; it's two weeks. Right? What's wrong with you?
0: You you had another thirteen days and twenty two hours to go there, boss. Uh, so t- twenty three hours because he was really only in the back for maybe ninety minutes, if that. Uh, so yeah, absolutely reprehensible. I'm glad we're all on the same page here. Uh, just absolutely. Horrible thing for him to do. I can't even believe that was something that went through his head. Being such a leader in the clubhouse that he is, um, to do something like this. But like I it's said, total we don't want
2: selfishness. Is what it is. It's total yeah, selfishness. It is.
0: It really is. I'll
2: tell you something. There's some. There's some good buddies of ours who might even join us on this show today. Um, who uh, don't? I don't want to say the rules don't apply to them, but they're sort of living their their life still despite yeah. COVID. And we we had a conversation yesterday. And I kind of yelled at them a little bit. You know? Look, here's my whole thing. Am I making the most of quarantine, Tyler? Yes. Yes, I am. No other choice. Do I enjoy it? Do you think I don't like the fact that I haven't golfed all year? You think I enjoy that?
0: No, of course not.
2: No. No, I'd love to golf. I'd love to go to a smoky bar and... You know, rub up on people, but I also want this thing to end, and right. the only way it ends is if everybody does what they're supposed to do—not 24 Dodgers, but all the Dodgers. You know yeah. what I mean? We we all have to do it. It's a bit. I, I hate wearing a mask. I hate it. Yeah, me too. The people that are like, I can't breathe. I'm with you, bro. I I I'm dying like two seconds into it, but I keep it on.
0: Hey, listen, Noah and I did a Haunted Woods last night where I was running around and screaming and I had my mask on the whole time. Y'all can wear it for at least the time that you're in a grocery store or at a baseball game.
1: Tyler, slightly (laughs) off topic here. Was that in Wallingford by any chance?
0: It was not.
1: We were up in Plymouth, actually. I did one in Wallingford last week that was pretty fun, but I had my mask on too, but. Yeah, no, it was,
0: it was, we can all get through COVID together. If we just stop fighting each other on it, let's all get along and wear our masks and we can eventually stay home, get this thing down and get back to life as we know it, hopefully sooner rather than later. So we don't do what the UK had to do yesterday and go to a month long shutdown. Let's please all get along so we can get back to getting along.
2: There's no (laughs) I in team.
0: That's right. They're right. I agree. That was good. Are you a Are you like a baseball coach? That was a good. No,
2: no, I'm a good speller. I just figured this out. There's no Uh, uh, team. Been spelling it wrong all this time. I just just noticed it now. Thought I'd share it with the rest of the class.
0: Oh, thank you so much, everybody. Everybody, thank thank you, Joe. Good job. Congratulations. That was very good. But you know, this is a baseball show, so let's go back to what we're here for. The World Series. Noah, would you like to kick us off with some of our action that happened in games one through three?
3: Absolutely. This World Series kicked off uh, in odd fashion. There wasn't a stadium packed with with people. You know, there was about uh, less than half capacity. We weren't in anybody's home stadium. So the home field advantage existed, but the bottom of the ninth. But again, you didn't really have that cheer from your fans hyping you up and helping you win a huge game. Game number one, the Dodgers would take three to eight. Clayton Kershaw came out to prove that he could do what. He's done during the regular season, and that was keep his team in the game. Uh, Bellinger hit a home run in the bottom of the fourth, put the Dodgers up 1-0, only a few nights after dislocating his shoulder in a celebration a few days before. With Kershaw's seven strikeout in this game, he would actually reach 200 postseason strikeouts, which is a, a, a very impressive accomplishment. Kevin Kiermaier would make it a run-one game with a blast to make it 2-1. to one. Uh, Tyler Glasnow would honestly be dismantled in this game, if you asked me. He didn't really pitch as effectively he did previously in the postseason. Hernandez continued to pour it on in the fifth, making it a 6-1 game with the Dodgers' incredible defense. They wouldn't need much more offense. Mookie Best would also hit a home run to keeping his track record of being a World Series fiend. The Rays mounted a comeback in the 7th but ultimately only amounted to two runs and the Dodgers win this game 8 to 3 giving them a 1-0 advantage in the series. So can I just ask a general question here? What do we think after game 1? With I mean 8 to 3 is is a fairly big mountain to climb uh, for any team. Did did we think it was over at this point? Like did I anybody was say <laughs>
0: I was very sad because I was very much thinking this might be done in 4. Mm. <laughs>
1: I um you know I, I kind of after a game one in any any series whether it be you know ugh, hockey baseball uh, basketball anything like that I um I always wait for game two to be over before making any like you know rash fears or anything like that and you know the Rays won game two so right there you go um so I wasn't worried at that point I was just like you know it was eight to three so I was a little concerned but I was like listen if the Rays get game two I think that this is going to be um. This is going to be quite the series we're going to get to watch here. So, and that's happening.
0: If you didn't know, on our episode one, I predicted that the Rays were going to win the World Series in episode one of Baseball with the Bard. So, I had everything riding on this. So, when they lost in game one, I'm like, well, it was a good run.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they made it there. So, they They did. did.
0: They did. did. So, uh, ESPN, just, you know, give me a call. There you go. I'm, I'm the true analyst.
1: <laughs> Joe,
0: Joe, what did you think
3: of uh, game one here? Did, did you have a feeling that the Dodgers were going to keep this hot streak and Kershaw was going to be able to command the ball the way he did?
2: Well, I said uh, Dodgers were going to win it in six. Mm-hmm. And this pretty much went along with sort of the layout I had. I figured that Dod- I thought they would split the first two. Uh, the key th- game three, the Dodgers would win. I thought the Rays would hang and the Dodgers would, would finish them off. Um, and I thought it worst case it would go seven. I think I think what you saw in this series at the end of the day is that what the Yankees approach to doing was would have worked. It yes. would have worked if they stuck to their guns. Mm. I've been saying it now for the last two weeks. You go home with the girl you took to the dance. Does everybody understand that, that what that means? When I hear fans talk about, oh, they should start butting and getting runners, shut up. What are you, stupid? You, you, Do you think that the Yankees are, or the Dodgers, or the, they're going to just – and you saw it happen a couple times here where you saw uh, Aaron Boone overmanage and try to do something the Yankees don't do and blew up in their face, and you saw the same thing happen to the great Kevin Cash, who I still think is a great manager, where Kevin decided – Uh, he's got to follow the rule book of his kind of coaching and he took Blake Snell out and that literally blew up in his face instantly. You, you've got to get to, you've got to do what you did all year. If your starters go six or seven all year and you've got to, you got your boat, that's, that's the, that's what you got to do it to win games.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
2: you're, you're either going to hit home. Here's the other thing. You got to you gotta tip your cap to the Rays, and we could talk about Randy or Rosarena in, in a minute. Oh, we will. And, and the ridiculous overhype machine that comes with a little bit, Tyler, but that's fine. Um, the Rays were able to hang with the Dodgers as far as hitting mm. homers, but at the end of the day, the Dodgers still out hit them, still were able to get to that bullpen, just oh, yeah. like I said the Yankees could do. So I don't think the Yankees need to go blow things up. The Dodgers stuck to their guns. They did what they had to do, and they won the World Series. It's yep. as simple as that. You 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 got to play the game that got you there. And that's it. Absolutely.
3: Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that was good. I'm going to burn quickly through games two and three here uh, just to give a quick overview. So the Rays would take game two, six to four. Tony Gonsolin would start for the Dodgers and Brendan Lowe would make him pay in the first inning with a booming solo home run. Blake Snell came out to pitch for the Rays and he dominated the first inning uh, going one, two, three on just 10 pitches. Snell would get out of a second inning jam with, a two, uh, with two strikeouts uh, and he would return to form. After that slip up, Joey Wendell drove in two in the fourth to put the raise up three to nothing. Brandon Lott would hit another homer uh, this time for two runs, putting the raise up five zero, which to me was kind of cementing their lead there and saying that they were going to be able to hopefully turn the tides in their favor. Then I just finally respond with a two run homer in the fifth uh, to break up the no hitter since Snell had going. Joey Wendell would drive in another, making it six to two. Will Smith would again join the Dodgers home run parade and hit a solo shot, bringing the score 6-3 to three in favor of the Rays. So Corey Seager would come up to bat and hit another home run and going up 6-4, to four. so the Dodgers are definitely using that home run ball in game number two. Those late runs wouldn't matter because the Rays pitching uh, sit them down and quick, in quick fashion and the Rays would take the win 6-4, to four, tying the series at one game apiece. In Game 3, the Dodgers would take that lead back, and they would go 6-2. to Charlie Morton would lose the magic he had in his previous postseason starts. He was very commanding, and if you ask me, he was the most consistent starter the Rays had going for them to this point, but he would not hold it together in Game Number 3. The top four of the Dodgers' order would drive in four runs early, giving them lots of momentum to be able to finish up the game. Yes, the Dodgers mounted a great offensive showing. However, the MVP of this game was their ace Walker Bueller, who would put up six scoreless innings, uh, six innings, I'm sorry, of one run ball with 10 strikeouts unbelievable performance by Walker Buehler. The Dodgers would then hand the ball to Trinan, Gratterall, and Jansen, who would each pitch scoreless innings and ultimately silence the Rays' bats late to give them a win in this game, 6-2, to two, and thus giving the Dodgers the 2-1 to one series lead. So in looking at the Dodgers' pitching rotation, would I be correct, and would you agree, if I would say Walker Buehler was the best thing that they have?
0: Oh, yeah, that's an easy, easy yes. I think he's better than Kershaw. I think he's their new ace. Um, and I think the Dodgers will come to that realization starting next season. I think Walker Bueller is their number one guy. What Marcus. about you, Joe? I saw your face.
2: Um, Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that they're ever going to tell Clayton Kershaw, as long as he's there, that he's not their number one guy. So, you know, I, I think it, the way the rotation laid out, uh might have given a different impression, but I, I think I think the Dodgers know full well uh, that Walker Bueller's not only the best pitcher on their staff, but might be one of the top three pitchers in the National League. Yeah. Uh and and I I know, you know, mm-hmm. I I'll say this too. I love Clayton Kershaw and I was glad to see him get a World Series win and the the strikeout mark or whatever. But um he needed that, like, in a big way. I've, I've never been a, you know, look, he dominates the National League West every year. I mean, he's beaten up on bad Colorado teams and uh, bad, uh, you know, look at Arizona. I mean, every four years, Arizona rebuilds. You know, same thing, the Padres have been terrible since 1998. I don't want to take anything away from Clayton Kershaw, but, you know, when when it mattered most, he was not ever a big-game pitcher. Mm. And so the fact that he pitched well in this postseason, that he got the World Series monkey off his back, kudos to him. But I I don't think it's a mystery to the Dodgers that Clayton's their second best guy.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, And and I and I think that, unfortunately, you know, going in the next season, I think they would pencil it in as Kershaw Bueller, even though they know in their hearts that it shouldn't be that that it's really more their hearts that is that that's making that one two call.
3: Mm hmm. No, absolutely. I, I can't agree with you any anymore, to be honest, Joe. It, it, is, it was nice to see Clayton win that World Series finally, like you said. And I have something I want to say about Kershaw, but I'll save it until we get to the end of the World Series here. So, Tyler, I'm going to turn it back over to you, my friend.
0: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Noah. Sorry, I wasn't switching the uh, little title cards over there. But we have Game 4 coming up to you guys now. This was probably my favorite game of the postseason. Uh, It was such a fun chip shot back and forth. I think Noah and I were texting for the majority of it, and I kept celebrating whenever the Rays would go up and crying when the Dodgers would return the favor. Um, So as Noah put in our little script we're reading here, he said, baseball is a weird game, and that is a perfect way to describe it. Uh, It was back and forth all night with a Rosarena, Phillips, Lau, and Zanino all driving in runs for the Rays in the effort, and Seeger, Turner, Muncy, Peterson, and Hernandez each driving in runs for the Dodgers in their effort. Runs were scored by both teams in the 5th, 6th, and 7th inning Um, the name of the game was offense on both fronts, but the Rays would ultimately come out with a walk off win in one of the most bizarre fashions you will ever see in a postseason game. Randy Rosarena and the third base uh, coach got a little bit overexcited and sent him home on a play where he would have probably been out by a good 10 to 15 feet. But if, because of the, uh, the catcher missing that play and it bouncing away, even though a Rosarena stumbled his way around third base and fell down, he was able to gloriously headlong dive into home base and the uh, Rays would walk it off going up to win eight to seven on a walk-off fashion. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like I said, this was my absolute favorite moment of the World Series. I loved this moment and it, for to be a guy like a Rosarena who is making a name for himself in this postseason? Um, couldn't have ended any cooler. I absolutely loved. It. I loved how no one celebrated with him, though. They all chased the guy in the field, and Rosarina's just sitting at home, just patting the base and laughing and smiling. Um, but yeah, uh, Lucas, how how did you feel watching this game?
1: Yeah, I, obviously that was the most electrifying game of the whole series. <laughs> I mean, the ending just just goes to show that anything can happen in baseball. I mean, I thought. Like you said, Tyler, I thought Rosarino was going to be out by a mile. But, um, you know, the the mishap at home plate it lets a Rosarino slide right in and look like, you know, it was all planned that perfectly to happen. Yeah,
0: right. Storybook. Yeah.
1: Right. And I, I just think that even though the Rays lost the series in the end, you know, that tied the series that kind of, I think, in a way shifted the momentum, even though they lost the next two. Well, that doesn't really make sense, but I think I, it gave the Rays a lot of hope is what I want to say.
0: Yeah, um, it definitely did. I agree with you, but I see it, the Raina hater down there giving you faces.
1: Yeah, you know, Joe, we've talked a lot on the roll call recently about Rosarena and his um, record-breaking postseason, but Joe doesn't want to hear it. He in- played more games <laughs> yeah. than the other guys did. Yep, there we
2: go. You, you, you guys, You guys can't possibly be... Like, like like you guys you guys I th- I you're I I have a feeling you're all just joking <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you have to be and I and I'll tell you I'll tell you why. <laughs> Randy Arozarena had more at-bats in the postseason than Giancarlo Stanton had in the regular season.
0: Okay, Giancarlo Stanton's a broken man.
2: He had seventy seven at bats in the postseason. Are you insane? Of that's course he I had he the, the most ever. Yes.
0: Congratulations. Dude, is- why am I why would I be mad about that?
2: You should be mad because it's a compiler stat. What that's why. For, so, listen.
0: No, no Joe. Close
2: your mouth for a minute and listen to me. <laughs>
0: no, no.
2: For the same reason, you're you insult- <laughs> a lot of people will say that Giancarlo Stanton is a stat compiler, right? You hear that? That's all you've ever heard about Giancarlo Stanton. He's a he's a compiler. There's nothing more compiler than playing way more games than everybody else. If you look at what what Derek Jeter set the record in 1996, do you know how many games he played in? Twelve. Breaking okay. the record in 20 games doesn't impress me. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. When Carlos <laughs> Beltron, when Carlos Beltran hit eight home runs. In 12 games in 2005, that was more impressive than hitting 10 in 20 games. I'm sorry to say, Randy Rosareño played great. If they won the World Series, he would have been the MVP. But let me tell you about 1998, a guy by the name of Shane Spencer. These things happen. Guys get hot. When there's no scouting report on you, nobody knows who you are. When you were added to the, ro- to the roster for your defense— And for your base-stealing ability and not for your big-proof-like status, let's stop pumping this guy up artificially for whatever reason we're doing it. His rookie card is going for like a fortune right now. It's fool's gold. Stop being so stupid, people. The guy had a good two-week stretch. He got a month's worth of playoff baseball. That's why.
0: God. Okay, but like you're 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 treating it as if he was like, you know what? I'm gonna be the only player who can do this in a month, and it was his choice to play a month of baseball. That's not his fault. This is the gift he was given by the major league baseball gods, if and Tyler, he took it full Tyler, advantage of your it. The
2: question is is who had the best postseason this year in a month's worth of games? The answer is simple Randy Arozarena. I could go back to any two week stretch during the season, and I bet you I could blow your mind at who the best hitter of in 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 the league was for that two week stretch. It's not always going to be the Mike Trout's of the world. A lot of the times, it's people like uh, uh, who's the kid from Kansas City there, Mayweather Mayfield. Oh yeah,
0: you know Fernando Tatis.
2: it's guys like Joey Wendell who hit like four fifty for fourteen games, and then followed up hitting a buck thirty for the for the next four weeks that you have its inconsistency, its streaky players. We talked about one named Gary Sanchez, as streaky as they get. Gary's the kind of guy that can go into the postseason and hit 577 at-bats with 10 home runs. That's all Randy Arozarena did. <laughs> Again, you're not talking about – look, this guy was not on anybody's radar, Tyler, is my point.
0: That's why it's my impressive. My other point
2: is it's not impressive. No scouting report. They didn't know how to pitch him. He definitely was hotter at the beginning than he was at the end, if you'll have noticed. So, something to think about. He's a fine player. Um, I remember when Yandi Diaz emerged for them; they thought they had another superstar. He's uh, Yandi's an above-average player, slightly, and I don't think Rosarena projects to be much more than that. So, everybody, calm down <laughs> all right
3: for, can, I, for can i just jump heart, in for a sec
0: can okay yeah sure and then, then um, we will move to five
3: on the radio and cool. raise a train here and I, I will say this i want to start with absolutely impressive what he was able to do in this 20 whatever games that they played in the postseason Uh, he tore the ball apart however I did the entire time have the thought in my head that Joe was saying is all these other teams only have a small sample size as to how to deal to Randy Rosarena and we see this with a lot of people I'm a huge Aaron Judge fan I have the jersey if you look at Aaron Judge's first year of baseball I mean he tore the ball up nobody knew how to play this guy but as time went on we started to see these slowing downs and you hear people like oh judges a streaky hitter and so on and the same with Gary Sanchez the same with um, Whit Merrifield as you were saying from the Royals is these guys that come up they have a few really really good moments of playing baseball and be said that with this shortened post I'm sorry with the shortened season and the extended postseason it's all going to be about who's hot and when and a Rosarena was hot when the postseason started is it impressive what he did yes is he going to keep it up no I, I hate to break it to you. I do not see him doing this year after year after year. He's gonna I'm be good. That. He's gonna be good. But I think this was the only time we're gonna see him tearing it up as much as he did this year.
2: Noah, would you agree that Tyler treated him on social media like he was the second coming of Jesus Christ? On, <laughs> um, I was yes, gonna say Mike, however, was Babe Ruth, however, but it was worse than that.
3: However, <laughs> every the, the, the majority of people did that. So I yes. can't I can't just say it was one person because listen, every,
0: listen, every you Randy, a Rosarena hater. We'll stop I talking about I him. I just your old guy. Him. Blood pressure can go down and we I will just allow it. The Rosarena. No, I'm not talking to you. Oh, I'm he's attacking you.
2: No, he's attacking <laughs> me, even though you, his best friend, has the exact same I opinion. Just the Rosa he's Raina. going for me. He's going no, for me, no.
0: I can see your smug little face in the corner, <laughs> and uh, no one else can. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Rosarena uh, deserves every record he got. Period. Yes,
2: and and then very quickly. No, 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 no. He doesn't. <laughs> what what he <laughs> deserved is, and and the way this should have been handled from the beginning, boys, is this. Let me tell you something. Back in the when when baseball first started, there was American League and National League. And the season ended at 154 games. And then the top two, they just played the World Series. Four games. sounds boring. Four games and you're out. Well, yeah. They were like, hey, let's get some more teams. They got it to where there was two divisions in each league. Right? So two teams play for the pennant, then a World Series. Eight games. If you sweep everybody. You're in and out. Awesome. Then in 95, they added the wild card. 12 games. Now in uh, 2020, we've added like 20 more teams and a whole bunch of games, and you're up to 20. How can you possibly compare Babe Ruth postseason records with Randy Rosarana's? Randy Arosarena had as many at-bats this postseason as Babe Ruth did in his life. Yes. How could you call those the same thing, Tyler?
0: Because times change. And we no. can still, so we can still be okay with what the guys the record, did in the past, just, while the record, acknowledging what's happening you can't currently. Possibly
2: compare those? That doesn't make sense. I can't compare what Babe Ruth did in four games, what Randy Rosarena did in twenty.
0: Then How we got to come up with some new games? labels for these records, then, rather right. than com- getting annoyed about them. Just say common era versus past era, and Thank we you. can we can keep it that way. But it's you. not that way right now. But it should. So we be. have to give it its acknowledgement. It's a it stupid. Deserves.
2: It's a stupid record as as it's as it's currently stated. It's it's hey. not a good record. It's not indicative. It's I think it's an insult to baseball history. And I'll I'll take you one better, Tyler. In 1998, when Bernie Williams broke Babe Ruth's postseason career home run record, I knew there was something wrong with the postseason records. And I love Bernie Williams a lot. I have his jazz albums. That's how much I love him. Okay, but. That that wasn't right. That he broke the record in like twelve series because I mean he, again Babe Ruth was a multi uh, World Series champion and the Yankees went to the postseason a lot when he was there with 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 Garrigan Murderers Row, but they didn't play as many games. How can you compare? How can you compare those things? That's all I'm saying. I just I find it I just find it silly, and the fact that we haven't already started talking about. Like you said, with the Super Bowl in the common era, in the Super Bowl era, th- there's got to be a distinction in in what we're talking about. We, you know, baseball. Well, let's Tyler, make it happen, you know, then. We should think about the black mark of the '61 and the asterisk that went along with that, because of the extra games. People were like, "Well, he he needed more games to break the Babe's record. It doesn't count." Right. And 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 for years, Tyler, growing up, there were two records. There was the 154-game record of Babe Ruth, and there was the other one that that Maris had said. Just think about society
0: right now. Do you think we can handle more categories? I don't know. People are very – we like to think simple lines, graphs. That's good enough. Give me a number and a pretty picture, and I'll share it on Facebook. (laughs) That seems to be how the common mind, the hive mind is for sports uh, statistics now. But I agree with you. We should change how people think about sports statistics. But that's not the case right now. So I'll share them as they're shared.
2: But I don't hate Randy Rosarania. That's the last thing I'll say. He's fantastic, but stop. (laughs)
0: Okay. Going so, into so, game five here. Sorry, the,
2: I, forgot, uh, I forgot we're still breaking the series, now. Tyler.
0: Tyler yeah, Can Noah? I
3: please have a second? I was trying to get you in the chat here, but I knew you were too busy focusing on him with Joe. I did want to give props to Brett Phillips, who hit that walk off in game four. Um, that was his first career postseason at bat. Imagine oh, that's walking true, in yes. Imagine walking into an at-bat in that situation with two outs and your team is looking to face an uphill battle in the World Series and hitting a single off of Kenley Jansen of the Los Angeles Dodgers in your first career postseason at-bat. I just want to give quick props to Brett Phillips for staying in there and putting solid contact on that ball and putting it in the outfield. That's all I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a. That, can, we, can we say that stat's good, Joe? Is that one allowed?
2: There's nothing wrong with stats when you put them in context. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> in game five, we oh, would see the Dodgers win a 4-2 to two game. Kershaw, once again, pitching five innings of two-run ball, keeping his team in the game. The Dodgers' bullpen would take over and not allow a single run to cross the plate, with Seager, Muncy, Bellinger, and Peterson would all driving it, all driving in one run each. Excuse me. Diaz and Orozarena would also be the only ones to drive in runs for the Rays and their losing efforts. The Dodgers would take a 3-2 lead going into game six. In game six, the Dodgers would seal the deal, winning 3-1. The Dodgers would use seven arms in a bid for the World Series victory. Betts and Seeger would drive in runs for the Dodgers in this low-scoring affair. The Rays would only push across one run, courtesy of, guess who, Randy Orozarena. Blake Snell would dazzle, pitching with a strong five innings of one run ball, striking out nine. But manager Kevin Cash, as Joe alluded to a little bit earlier, would pull the dominant lefty in the middle of the sixth after Snell hung a slider, which only resulted in a single. This would spell disaster for the Rays as their pen would allow two runs, costing them a chance at the big trophy. The Dodgers would hand the ball to Julio Urias, who would hurl two strong innings. Uh, striking out four and recording the last out of the 2020 MLB season with the LA Dodgers becoming our 2020 World Series champions. Dodgers win the World Series 4 to 2. Congratulations go to the Dodgers. Um this is not I think who any of us wanted to win the World Series, but I do think that they uh definitely deserved it and we all believed they would be here. Um Joe I, I don't think you're as much of a Dodger hater as I am. So did you enjoy to see them winning this world series or was this just like, a, oh, oh, great. Awesome.
2: Um, It's funny, you know, growing up, my second favorite baseball team and my national league team, if you will, was the Dodgers. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. My grandfather was uh, actually a Yankee hater. He was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan because he thought it wasn't fair that the Yankees were so awesome. <sighs> Isn't that, wow, isn't, okay. that, isn't that a beautiful thing? Um, yeah. uh, but got to have more fans there. of the underdog. Yeah, he just loved those Brooklyn bums. And when they moved to California, <laughs> he stayed on them. And um, my mom's initials actually are L.A., Linda Aguirre. Oh. And so I had a, a Dodgers hat as a kid. And I used to play games by myself, Yankees, Dodgers, just flipping the caps.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That's funny. I
2: was a weirdo when I was a kid, huge baseball fan. I literally used to play baseball games by myself. Uh you know, so this is kind of nice for you. It, it was great. Look, I, I, I think, and I, I, you know, I think Noah's kind of maybe mm-hmm. Noah's with me on this one. I feel like after you saw how the last seven, eight years of the Dodgers, mm-hmm. knowing what happened with the World Series with with Houston, to and and with with Clayton Kershaw, uh, and I love Dave Roberts, uh, yeah. even though even though you know he's he's, he's our my Bucky, soft spot. He's our Bucky Dent. Right. You know he's our Bucky Dent. I mean he he uh, put a, a a chink in uh, Mariano's armor, um, and I'll always respect Dave Roberts for being the game changer that he is. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I I'll, I'll tell you, I I was uh, my thought going into the season was if it's Yankees Dodgers in the World Series and they lose to the Dodgers, I would be all right with that because I I think the Dodgers are certainly a great team. To me, they're the Yankees of of the National League. Um, so yeah, kudos to the
1: Dodgers. <laughs>
0: And and Lucas, I it, from what just talking here it sounded like you were pulling for the Rays. Is that true?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's not easy to pull for a division rival, but I I'm, I'm one to root for the underdog. So, I, I always go for those those small teams, especially a small market team like Tampa, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, so and someone who has like the smallest payroll in baseball
0: third yeah. I think right I think they're yeah. third smallest payroll in, in all of baseball and, um, behind maybe Oakland and I, I can't maybe Miami I, I forget who the other one was
1: Think think Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts have I a saw better combined salary than the entire L- raise lineup so yeah
2: can <laughs> I tell you sure something
0: people what's the that?
2: only time I've ever rooted for an American League East division opponent to be successful in the postseason Was the Baltimore Orioles in 1983 against the Chicago (laughs) White Sox? Otherwise, I have. If you're playing the Red Sox, Toronto, um, if you're playing our, yeah, Tampa, I am rooting for the other guys. (laughs) I actually rooted for the Mets in the '86 World Series, and I hate the Mets more than any team on the planet. So
1: you could imagine. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) Here we go. This is not going to make Tyler happy, but um, (laughs) in the – what year was it? 2018 Super Bowl. um, I'm a Giants fan, as many of you probably know. I rooted for the Eagles.
0: We don't have to talk about this. (laughs) This is – this is fine. Uh,
1: yeah, I hate the Patriots that much that I
0: root wow. for the Eagles. <laughs> what? That, no, That's crazy. He's, he's not alone, Joe. I had Woo! a lot of coworkers who are all Giants fans who were <laughs> all cheering for the Eagles. And Dallas fans, Eagles. They were all cheering for the Eagles. And it's not even just that they hate the Patriots. It's that they hate Tom Brady. Yeah, so they the had to cheer against I Right? I know. This is a good topic that we can talk about on our uh all four downs with OV. Um, But I just, I've had so many wars that I've come out victorious as a Patriots fan. uh, And that was just one of, one of the worst, absolutely one of the worst.
2: Tyler, I've, I've pulled for the Patriots twice in my life. One was in that Super Bowl. The other one was uh, against Atlanta.
0: Uh, All right. 50, 50.
2: Dude, I'll tell you what, um, when you're cheering for Tom Brady, it's weird. It's pretty awesome as a fan. That's, it's Hell a yeah. lot of action. You've got to be really invested in the day. You can't really sit too much and relax because you're constantly like, yeah,
1: it's
0: all <laughs>
2: with that guy. i tell you what, seriously, all jokes aside, Tom Brady's great. I don't know how anybody could root against him. And yeah. Bill Belichick to me is a mastermind. I think Bill Belichick might be the greatest coach in the history of sports. Yeah. And so – I I would never I would never openly root against them unless the G men were on the other end.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And I, I I know how you feel about the Dodgers, Noah. You are a a relative fan. You you do kind of enjoy watching the Dodgers. Um, and uh, my father would agree. He's a big Dodgers guy as well because of Dave Roberts. Loves Dave Roberts. Um, so Noah, what's your final takeaway from this world series?
3: You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Game four to me was uh, I thought the Dodgers were going to fall apart following that because they fell apart in that ninth inning. It was just not not good to watch if you're a Dodgers fan or wanted them to win. They just couldn't hold it together. It was almost Little League-like seeing that ending, so I thought it was over there, but when they won that next game, it was kind of, they kind of reaffirmed their dominance. They kept the Rays' bad silent, and then Game 6, they just showed true Dodger form, so I was happy to see them finally take it. I was happy to see them get this big World Series win after having, last year, they lost in the Division Series after losing to the Red Sox who were caught cheating that year, after losing to the Astros who were caught cheating in 2017, so they just have not had a good deal they haven't been dealt a good hand uh, in the postseason, and they yeah. were in rough shape. And, I mean, to see Clayton Kershaw take a victory. And I wanted to say um, – I'll save this until you get everyone else's take on the World Series, but I want to talk about the MVP's choice here, and I just want to see what everyone has to say about
0: that. Yeah, but- no, yeah. We we were – I think I'll just say uh, – because I picked the Rays, I was disappointed that the Dodgers pulled this out, but there are certain players on the Dodgers that I do like, like Mookie Betts. I really like Mookie Betts. I used to like Justin Turner, but uh, that, things have changed on that a little bit. Um, and they're just, they're a fun team to watch. They look like they're having a great time. They they kind of remind me of the 2018 Red Sox. They just look like a band of brothers who are having a great time playing ball, uh, but while also being paid $20 million a year. Um, so, they better win, just like the Yankees better win. Uh, so I, this was a, a ending that I'm not surprised happened, uh, but I am still disappointed to have seen happen. Except for Clayton Kershaw, I'm happy he finally got that ring that he deserves. Um, but yeah, it looks like everyone basically is not surprised, maybe a little bummed, uh, but we uh, kind of expected this outcome to happen. Um, but yeah, Noah, you were saying MVP. Yeah. yeah. So
3: the MVP of the World Series uh, was Corey Seager. What do, what do we think about that? Do we agree, disagree? And if you disagree, who should it have been? Because I have an opinion that uh, I work in a middle school, as some of you might know, I'm a substitute teacher and all the, the kids love baseball. And we talk baseball, football, all that stuff. They know more about football than I do. I'm not a huge football guy. But when it comes to baseball, we always have debates and conversations. Um, and one thing I said to them before this series even started, I'll say to you afterwards, But I want to see everyone else's opinion here of the MVP choice.
0: All right. Lucas.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought Corey Seager was a fine choice. Um, you know, he played a great series. Uh, he's, uh, obviously he's the younger brother of Kyle Seager and he's already better than he was in his career. Yeah. No, yeah. no hate to Kyle Seager. You know, he's a Mariner legend, I guess you could say, but, um, I, I the choice. I think it was fine. I think the, it, it could have easily went to Mookie Betts, um, or Walker Bueller, but, uh, I think Corey Seager was a fine choice, but I wouldn't have been mad if it went to Mookie Betts or uh, Walker Bueller.
0: Yeah, Joe? Uh, yeah, look,
2: I, I mean, I think when you hit 400 in the World Series, yeah, uh, you know, Betts Bet certainly played well, but he only hit 269 in the series. Uh, you know – to me, I, I think Seeger definitely uh, was the most productive mm-hmm. player. He's been there a long time, and he's been a leader of that team. Uh, I think he was a, a very worthy choice. So, I want to make up one one other point? You know, uh, after the game four loss, to me, the difference and the reason the Dodgers were able to reestablish their dominance, as Noah pointed out, was they just stuck to their guns. They didn't they didn't hit the panic button like we got to do everything different. They stuck to their guns. They came out and they played game five like they needed to. Because I'll tell you what, when you make mistakes and you, you said throwing the ball around like little leaguers, typically teams that do that against the Rays don't beat the Rays. Right, right. You don't get to make mistakes and beat the Rays. The fact that Dodgers are able to buckle down and finish him off, I think, speaks volumes about what a great organization they have.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I think that was uh, the correct move. Um, but I, the face I made was that I would have enjoyed Mookie Betts to win, uh, because I, I like Mookie Betts and I'd like to see him get a little hefty bonus at the end of the year, (laughs) even though he's already getting a good paycheck. Um, but I think Seager, uh, being a fan favorite and just an absolute clutch player in the postseason, uh, really made that an easy choice for the Dodgers and MLB. Plus the fact he's
2: been there for so long, you know what I mean? Imagine
0: giving it to Mookie first season. That's what I'm saying. like, Like a pow.
2: I think if you're a Dodgers fan, you 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 love you're loving Mookie Betts, and he's right. going to be there for the he rest of his it. career. And and within about five years, he'll be most Dodger fans' favorite players. I'll assume for right now, it's still probably Corey Seager for most of them. So right. after eight years of frustration, it's a good choice. Again, you could have gone right with with Bueller or with him. Anybody would have been fine here, but I I just think he represents. Best the the eight years of frustration.
0: I would think Mm -hmm. Noah would agree, but it would seem he has a different opinion.
3: Well, I I do like how they chose Corey Seager. The numbers would say that the guy guy should be the MVP before the World Series started. When I was talking with the students there and I my students in middle school, they're seventh graders, and I was like, "Hey guys, who do you think's going to win the World Series?" And they were like, "Oh, the Rays." They're all saying the Rays. And I said, "All right, if the Dodgers do win." Who's going to be the MVP? And there's Seeger, Muncy, Bellinger, all the Mookie, those names. And I said to him, "Listen, how cool would it be if he, if Clayton Kershaw went out there, dazzled everyone, defied all the odds we thought, and then he ended up winning the MVP of the World Series?" And they, they laughed. They laughed at me. Yeah. And they Like, listen, Mr. Cross, that's come on. Let's be realistic here. This is not gonna happen. And I'm like, no, guys, really, he could do well. After game one, I came in, I was like, what I tell you, and they were like, nah, eh, he he was a fluke. He, he won, you know, he kept them to to, uh, to a run and eight strikeouts. Who cares? After game, uh, the next game, game, i um, sorry, game five, same thing, two run ball, six K's through five, five innings. Excuse me. I said, guys, Clayton Kershaw's looking good. I told you, MVP. How much? How much of a redemption story would that have been? Now, I, I disagree with that I don't think Clayton Kershaw should be MVP here. I would with Walker Bueller instead. However, how cool would it have been if
0: yeah, definitely. that That's man like storybook?
3: Dude, come on. Right? The story would have been so beautiful. I don't I think,
0: think he's it, gotten more hate than this season.
3: Valid. And to, to come out and do what he did in the postseason as a guy who's criticized Clayton Kershaw endlessly, as you know, Tyler, yeah. uh, to see him with that MVP status. In the yep. World Series would Not have been something, and in those two starts, in all honesty, I mean, we say three runs or less keeps your team in the game. The guy had three runs in in two games in nine right. innings. He he held on to three runs. I mean, it's night and day. Ten innings. You know, it's, it's something it's, that I would have loved to see.
2: Noah, no, Noah, I, you know, I just pulled up the numbers from the both starts, and and the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm thinking you know, I, I'm almost now shocked that baseball didn't give it to Kershaw. Hey, thank you. Because nobody, uh, I agree, I, I don't, nobody would have been like, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> know. People I, are salty. I,
2: look, I think if you said Bueller, I think if you said Bats, I think if you said Seager, I don't think there was a wrong no answer. Argument. I like the Seager again for the idea he's just been there for so long. He's been such a big part of their team. He did hit 400 in the series. But Kershaw, to me, probably is is the more sentimental pick. Uh-huh. And certainly certainly deserving, so it's not like I'm saying like Mercy Award. He pitched outstanding. He pitched what you expect starting pitchers to do in this generation, in the two starts. Ah, I, you could have gone with either starter. Again, you could have gone Betch, could have gone Seager. And, and I think any of those four guys, I don't think that anybody's – you're not going to have an argument about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. A, spirited, yeah no. a
2: spirited debate certainly but an argument mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody can really make one
0: so it was a fun world series this was definitely a fun world series to watch uh, it, I think a lot of people thought the Dodgers could just run away with it and it didn't happen the Rays kept their heads down and kept themselves alive in this series um, but The season's done. We have 140-plus days until the season rolls back around. The countdown has begun on my wall at home, and I will continue to count every day until we are back to Red Sox baseball at Fenway Park and Yankee baseball at Yankee Stadium, and we can hear that whistle every time Garrett Cole gets a strikeout. But for now, let's make some bold predictions, shall we? Next season predictions. Uh, This is an easy one. I feel like everyone's going to answer the same thing. Who will be the manager? Of the Red Sox next season. Uh, it seems pretty obvious that Alex Cora is going to be getting his job back.
1: Yep, I agree with that. I think there's no reason. I mean, there's no reason for them not to hire him back. I, just, I don't
0: like it, but with the way it's it's going and Alex Cora tweeting his little cryptic, like, prayer hands and a World <laughs> Series trophy. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess they're at least talking. Um <laughs> And, Noah, you're shaking your head. You've been saying that it's going to happen. Do you not think it's going to happen now? I uh, just I just don't like it. Yeah, same. Right. It just feels like it's going to happen. At,
2: I think when you look at the backlash that the Tigers are already getting for the hiring of, of Cora, uh, dude, hire him back. I dare you guys I, to I hire agree. him back. I if agree. the Red Sox were smart and they were serious about turning this organization around, getting back on track and rebuilding, The guy you need to bring in is Jason Veritek.
0: Yes, Joe. Yes. Oh, 100%. That is the number one guy who can turn that team around. Imagine the guys he could just bring in as clubhouse guys. They don't even have to be coaches. You get guys like Millar and all (laughs) these incredible names who were on that 2004-2007 squad to come in and get these guys amped up in the championship feel. I'm 100% on that. I made a Facebook page back in 2008 that said Jason Veritek for Red Sox manager and i'm going to reactivate it <laughs> i am girardi, so ready
2: joe you know, girardi did the same thing when he was the manager of the yankees man and you saw all sorts of legends in his former teammates around not on his staff but you know spring training, you know and, and just being available for those guys so
0: 100%. i think you
2: i think you want somebody who means something to your organization Someone who
0: loves the and red Alex
2: sox Nora honestly doesn't mean anything to any organization
0: at yeah, all. I could I could care less about him. I, I get it. He won us a World Series, but so did John Farrell, and I don't want him back in the Red Sox. Organization. Yeah, but not for
2: nothing. You know what? Almost that entire team is gone, Tyler.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're I mean,
2: right. this, this it's not like he's getting his old job back because he's getting the, the band back together. This is like if if, if Ringo <laughs> restarted the Beatles with us.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah. it's, it's not the Beatles, man. It's not the Beatles just because Ringo's uh, on drums. So I, I think that would be a silly move by the Red Sox. I, you know, I, look, I, I think that the Red Sox are a a proud franchise. I think they're one of the great franchises in sports. They're definitely the second best franchise in the American League East. And that was kind of a joke, Tyler, at you. But you think letting just, it I'm just going to
0: let it let it just like I think for the off. sake
2: of the integrity that being in business for over 120 years. I think the Red Sox have to look themselves in the mirror. They know they did something wrong in 2018. I think in hiring Alex Cora, you know what you're going to do? You're just going to get the talk fired back up, and right. we're going to want details detail again. of what you did wrong because we still right. don't really know specifically what the Red Sox do. You hire Alex Cora, you're going to have to answer those questions for an entire year.
0: Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate rebuilding. all of it.
2: Good luck rebuilding with that dark cloud hovering <laughs> over you. As a the Patriots fan,
0: I know the vibe of having to deal with cheating scandals. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I just, I'm really sick of it. But Lucas, I actually want to ask you first so, Do you think Aaron Boone is here for the long haul for the Yankees? Is he sticking around or is he on his way out? He has a lot to
1: prove next season, I think. I hate saying because I you know I just sound like a crazy Yankees fan I hate I, saying <laughs> I, hate, I hate saying championship or bust you beat me to it. it it's been it's been long enough now I think next year honest honest to God I think it's championship or bust for Aaron Boone um and then if Aaron Boone goes I think there's more major changes to the Yankees to follow that so I I don't like saying it, but championship or bust next season. I mean, we were we had high we've had high hopes for the past year, right? We've had high hopes, especially this season, for the past four or five seasons
0: now. It's it's about time we get one. Yeah, Joe, do you you probably agree?
2: I don't. Um, I think championship or bust is possibly the stupidest philosophy one could employ uh, as 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 far as what your actual honest philosophy is. That, that's an unrealistic, can you imagine in football, when you've got teams that have made the playoffs 10, 12 years in a row, if you're like, championship or bust, these are all wasted seasons. First of all, I think that's an extremely pompous take in sports. <laughs> it is to suggest that none of the other teams have a realistic chance. I think that's a foolish notion. In your heart, championship or bust, yes. Successful season, whether that's you know winning hundred games, making the postseason, getting to the second round of the postseason, I I I don't think you can blanket championship robust. You're telling me if you lose the seventh game of the World Series, that's right. a way get out of here with that. Sure, now Joe, I've never I never that. that. I'm not a Steinbrenner.
0: No, so exactly. I, I don't. I
2: don't expect them to go 162 and 0 and win the World Series every year. It's you gotta, if your goals aren't realistic. Look, you fired Joe Girardi because he just wasn't winning more World Series with this team, and you brought a new guy in, and he's not doing it, and you're going to bring in another guy. Maybe it's not the manager. Maybe yeah, there's a little more true. to it than there's that. There's
0: something in the clubhouse. I, I think Whoa. the clubhouse Again, is a massive option. As and- I
2: stated, if you look at the Dodgers and the way the Dodgers stuck to their guns and played this series against Tampa – If the Yankees stopped playing around so much and stopped trying to swoop down to Tampa's level and play Yankee baseball, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You'd be high fiving the three of us on another World Series championship, Tyler. That's what would have happened. It's what should have happened. It's what could have happened. This Yankee team was plenty good enough. Yeah. But it's not the manager. It wasn't the manager's fault, it was a few components including the, the hero worship of analytics. The only thing that pisses me off more than the hero worship of Randy Orozarena.
0: Now Noah and I are both usually agree on Aaron Boone. We both like him. We both think he's a good manager, top three manager in the majors right now. Um, but we do see that he makes some bonehead decisions at management sometimes, um, which Every single manager does that from time to time. We've seen Dave Roberts do it, and he just won a World Series. You gonna kick him out for having these decisions that are crap from time to time? Yeah, not a chance in hell. Um, sure.
2: Noah, you-, you know Don Mattingly, Tyler is known for making some really stupid managerial decisions. Yeah, I'm still renowned as about-
0: one of the greatest of all time. Right.
2: Just mixing up like the double switch, he struggles yeah. with that almost once a year. He he screws it up somehow. That doesn't take away from him being a great manager. Just like Kevin Cash making one really wretched pitching decision doesn't change my thoughts that Kevin Cash probably is still the number one manager in Major League Baseball. It just yeah. it just makes me say, Kevin, sometimes you got to go beyond the numbers, bro.
0: Yeah, there's got to that... be
2: a fine mix between analytics and gut and the eye test and knowing when the Make your move and when not to. And I think going forward, I think that maybe Kevin Cash might have learned a lesson from that game.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as much as I bet we can all talk about Aaron Boone for the next hour, uh, we do have one more question I want to get to before wrapping it up here. And it is just that. Who is going to be the World Series champion next year? So I'm just going to do a little bit of a round robin here. And I want you to give me who your pick is and give me like two reasons as to why you think that, that team is going to be the World Series champion. I'm going to start beneath me with Lucas, and we're going to roll up to Noah and finish with myself. <laughs> so Lucas, who is going to be the 2021 World Series champion? And we are going to pretend that COVID is gone, and it's a normal season.
1: <clears throat> okay, so you heard what I said 10 minutes ago, championship or bust. The Yankees are winning the World Series next year. <laughs> uh, there goes joe <laughs> joe is like
0: i can't I, i'm out
1: <laughs> yankees are winning the world series next year and here's two reasons why garrett cole's gonna win the Cy young he's gonna win 20 games and he's gonna pitch a blow to era that's a bold take but i think it's gonna right. happen aaron judge is also gonna hit 50 home runs for the second time in his career there you go
0: bold not take saying, all right not we're taking, another the, word. We're taking the the stankies to win the 2021 world <laughs> series mr Aguirre.
2: Um, I'm, I'm just going to go with what Las Vegas says. I think Yankees, Dodgers, uh, and, and I'd like oh. to say the Yankees finally win it.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Noah?
3: I agree with Yankees, Dodgers. Um, <clears throat> I think the Dodgers have a slight edge over the Yankees in terms of winning the World Series. But if I had to pick a team... I'm going to pick the Dodgers, I'm sorry I think the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to go back-to-back years I'll have you guys areas. know
0: this is the first year in five years that Noah is not taking the Yankees
3: <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm playing strategy here I'm playing strategy here
0: I like right. it. I like well, I see no, what that's you're doing fair. No,
2: A little, little reverse psychology <laughs> See what I'm
3: doing, see what I'm doing. <laughs> Man, We'll see yeah, how
0: you feel it. about episode one of season two We'll see <laughs> how you're feeling by then um, But I never take the easy pick I am a heart picker rather than a mind picker. Uh, and this is a team who I've been riding for the last three years saying it's time for them to have a World Series push and you're all going to lose it over this pick.
2: If you but say the Mets, I'm going to come down I'm taking
0: the Mets. No, I'm kidding. I'm not taking the, the Mets. I'm not taking the Mets. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. I am you're picking safe. this team who I think is going to have a massive offseason as the reason they're going to win the Chicago White Sox. They have been a, a under the radar, if not just above the radar, where we're starting to notice them team uh, for the last two years, they're finally starting to make a surge and they just fell off at the end of the season. They started to lose again of uh, this COVID cup season. I think they get some massive pickups in uh, the draft, some big guys that they might bring up uh, over the next few years. And I think they're going to do a big job in the post, uh, the off season as well, maybe signing someone, along the lines so that a Yankees do not want to lose in DJ oh. Uh That's my bold take. DJ LeMayhu to the Chicago White Sox oh. as the proponent that pushes them that one little bit further they need for an end-of-the-season push to the postseason. Chicago White Sox 2021 World Series champions.
2: Can I just tell you my one thought why that's not going to happen? And sure. I think the hiring of one of the great managers in baseball history, Tony La Russa at 76 years old, is a horrible choice for that team. You're playing in an analytics era with a guy who doesn't own a calculator. You're
0: talking about
2: <laughs> 76-year-old white man on a team of a, with a lot of young black and Hispanic Very young. players, I'm just not sure that this is the right guy for the job. I I don't know that I see this working mm-hmm. out. I think What's they should have gone with somebody like Hensley Mulins, um, a guy who who's younger, uh, who speaks five languages, right? Who you know, I I just think would relate better to these young guys. If they're looking for like a grandfather in the locker room, if they think that's what they were missing this season, then I guess it's Larusa. but I don't know man. I think you're playing check. You got a checkers player in a world of baseball chess. I'm not sh- He doesn't have the team to do what he's done in Oakland and in St. Louis. So, yeah, it'll no, be it's it'll definitely interesting a different to see vibe. what happens. Uh I I hate it though, but but best of luck cuz I do love hey. Larusa.
0: I, listen, if if my prediction skills are on at, as on point this season as they are going to be next season, you will see the Chicago White Sox in the World Series. Because as Joe knows, as Noah knows, Lucas, you may not have seen much of my content yet, but this year with the XFL podcast and this podcast, I was on fire when I was predicting how games were going to turn out. The only little hiccup I had was the World Series this year, how it would turn out. But otherwise... I was doing damn good with my predictions, I, so um, I hope it happens. But what's that? I Lucas? did have
1: I did have one question I wanted before we before we end up, end here that I wanted to get all of your opinions on. What do you guys think? Something we didn't bring up all show
0: um, about AJ Hitch getting another manager job. Uh, I agree with A.J. Hinch getting another management job because even though he's the manager of the team that had the biggest cheating scandal in baseball history, it is well known uh, that he didn't have much to do with it. He just didn't stop it. Um, I think that's something that is forgivable, personally. Um, But personally, I, I think everyone should have a second chance, maybe just not with the team that they cheated with Um, because Cora not coming to the Red Sox, A.J. not going to the Houston Astros. Um, but Joe seems to disagree.
2: Um, I think AJ Hinch is a liar. And I think as long as Pete Rose gets to stay out of the hall of fame for being a liar and for not admitting that everything that we already know from John Dowd's report about what he did say, I did it, Pete, you get to be in the hall. If A.J. Hinch can't admit as the leader of that team, he didn't hear the garbage cans. He didn't know what was going on. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it at all. Be honest. Be up front. The Astros did a cowardly thing before the season by not owning it. A.J. Hinch has done a terrible disservice. And I think the Red Sox are just going to bring on more. So what did you do going forward? This whole thing isn't over yet, and you keep bringing these guys back up, and you're going to just have to answer the questions. And anytime even anything remotely suspicious comes up with your team, we're going to know, and we're going to look at you different, and it's going to taint everything you do. I would steer clear of Hinch. I would steer clear of Cora. I would steer clear of anyone associated with cheating.
0: Yeah, I think we can all agree that that you should probably not work with cheaters. (laughs) And Noah, you have a quick hot take here?
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think a team, it's a good look for any team to sign any of these people. I will say the Tigers are desperate when it comes to having somebody to maybe give their team a bit of direction. Cora, without the whole cheating scandal and lying, I mean, sorry, Cora and Hinch are both great, good managers. I mean, I can't say they're not good at their job. They just were caught up in a lot of these bad things, and worst of all, as Hinch said, he was extremely smug with it Uh, even before this whole story broke with uh, all these players coming out and saying this happened in 2017, and um, Hinch even last year was saying, like, oh, well, if, if somebody saw something, they should put their name on it and go to the press, and sure crap someone went out there and did it and then he was silent So he went from being the most cocky bastard that you could ever meet to now that everyone knows about it, he's just silent and not saying anything and playing the innocence card like, oh, I tried to stop this once or, oh, I wasn't aware of the extent of it and all this other stuff. So no, I'm not buying it. And the fact that Pete Rose is banned from the game for betting on his own team to win, they didn't cheat. He just bet on his own team to win because he knew they were good and he wanted to make some cash. That guy's banned for life, but Hinch literally disrupts the flow of the game and robs not one but multiple teams of a World Series win and and cost people their jobs because pitchers go out there and get destroyed by these guys and they send them down or they move them around and that guy gets banned for a year and then automatically gets a job as a manager on another team
2: that's ridiculous
0: yeah absolutely Um, I think we can all agree with you there
2: Domingo Herman has been punished more severely for a transgression, we're not even sure, it, you know, it appeared to be some sort of domestic violence situation. This guy's been gone for an entire year plus, and he didn't cheat the game. And and so I have a, I have a real problem with the discrepancy in the way you're punishing people. And, and just one more note on what Noah said, you know, Pete Rose didn't even cheat necessarily because he wanted to make money He just wanted to up the ante because sitting on the bench managing wasn't like, wasn't it doing it for him? And the problem that that Pete unfortunately doesn't understand is he says he only bet on the Reds to win, which is great. But those were the nights you used Rob Dibble and Randy Myers. And and maybe you didn't, you know, maybe you didn't put your best relievers in tonight because you were going to bet on them tomorrow. And that's what Pete doesn't understand. But if you won't ask, ask Barry Bonds, ask Roger Clemens. (laughs) If you can't own up to it, you don't get to be in our big club. Mm-hmm. You
0: can't yeah, I think you, that's a good exclamation point right there. If
2: You did it, then you don't get to play with us anymore. Man up!
0: Absolutely, I think we can agree with you there. That makes the most sense. You've kind of put a little perspective on it for me uh, and the AJ Hinch. I like, I've, I just enjoy AJ Hinch, but I guess that makes the most sense what you've said there. Um, but yeah, thank you guys absolutely for joining us today. It has been a Absolute pleasure having some extra opinions on for our season finale of baseball with the Bard. I think if we can agree, our first episode of our uh, off season should be uh, cheating scandals in the MLB. And we should talk about how we feel about all of them. And maybe we can have you guys back for that as well. But with that said, once again, thank you all this is presented by Clovercrest, and that gentleman in the bottom right corner there, Joseph Aguire. Let's show some of the other things you may see if you come onto our Clovercrest podcast website. I would just like to point out
2: that a few weeks ago, Jace said that Mac Jones was garbage. Hurry up here for Alabama! Play action. Mac Jones wants it all. Long ball, man. There, got him. Matching touchdown. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. In the red zone, Alabama, with three minutes of change remaining in the half, Jones fires to the corner, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama!
0: Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast, Keys to the City keys to
3: the city baby when you see us so you know I crossed you up by well rip- floated shack and then Shaq goes like this and the rest is history
0: Podcasting pay attention don't tell me what to do devil woman what you saying, what saying, But speaking of those ladies but,
1: but i hold on fun but i didn't make i didn't Ron make record. me i said denver's gonna win
3: yeah
0: you did you said that
3: there's no other show like that clover Crest is doing great things right now
0: streaming everywhere When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson superfan. This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997, when I first saw The Shining.
2: Here's Johnny!
0: Ah! In those 20-plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan.
2: I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
0: Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you all so much for joining us on this season finale episode of Baseball with the Bard. We will see you soon and we'll be coming to you with details of what the future plans are going forward. For Baseball with the Bard, this is Tyler Bard. That was Noah, Lucas and Joe. We will see you all next time.